Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Eber along with Kartik Krishnaya. Unsurprisingly, neither one of us are Dan Patrick because we talk the beautiful game each and every weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on these networks. And we are going to delve in to this week's Premier League fixtures. Do not worry. We will give you our picks, our prognostications, should you wish to wager a few dollars here or there on some games. I know you are a very upright uh, citizen and would never do such a thing, but if you should, we'll make sure you are armed and ready for bear. Kartik Krishnaya, we do have some other stories, though. Big upsets today in the season openers in both in both Germany and in Spain, and some other big news coming out of Germany, Kartik. Yeah, so Bayern Munich bailed out by a penalty call, uh, which was away from the ball. Uh, was the right call after VAR. Obviously, Bundesliga's had VAR for a couple of years. They get a 2-2 draw at home against Hertha Berlin, but still, that's two draw points at home at the Allianz against Hertha Berlin. They do have Philip Coutinho coming in, which is a massive signing for them, a massive signing in, in the general scope of European football. Really going to help Bayern, really going to help Coutinho. The club Coutinho is leaving, Barcelona, upset in the season opener in La Liga by Athletic Bilbao. Um, my predictions that Atleti Madrid and uh, uh, Borussia Dortmund would run these two teams close this season, looking good after the first day of the season. Right, absolutely. Well, it's an ex- some exciting stuff getting ready to kick off. I love the signing of uh, Coutinho on loan to Bayern Munich. I think that is a perfect match. And, you know, look. Philippe Coutinho is one of these players that is an absolute joy to watch. You watch, I mean, he is a little maestro when he gets to it, and I think this is the right system, the right team for him, and I think the Bundesliga, you will see the best of Coutinho once again. Anyway, lots to get to, including every Premier League game of the weekend. We're going to get to it and going to ask, why on earth are Liverpool playing a game on Saturday after overtime in Istanbul on Wednesday? Makes no sense, but then, you know... Premier League doesn't like to help anybody out with their travel. All of these topics, all of these discussions, lots more, 800-878-7529. If you've got something to say, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Fifth Street Sports. You can find us uh, on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, of course, the award-winning SiriusXM app as well. And a big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. We hope you... We'll stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. All right. Welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer. By the way, I'd like to say hello to Kerry and listening to us out there in Radio Land, uh, Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. But actually, before we dive into all of these topics, and we got the Premier League, we've got a whole slate of matches, we've got uh, some great stories that one really huge matchup in the Premier League, obviously Man City versus Spurs. Um, I want to talk about something that's happening on in the lower leagues. And um, Anfield Riot, at Anfield Riot on uh, Twitter, asked if we would please talk a little about, bit about the lower leagues. He said, uh, you'd be surprised how many people want to listen to it. And, and I know a lot of people do. But there is actually a huge story right now with Berry FC that's unfolding. And it's, 
It's a story that we've seen quite a few times uh, in the last few months with lower division clubs. Kartik, why don't you tell our listeners what's going on there? Yeah, and, and actually I was on TalkSport, if some of you listened to that, uh, over, overnight in the UK, talking about Bury and uh, and Bolton, which is also a, right. a club in uh, Greater Manchester, uh, obviously a longtime Premier League club, a club that's um, spent more years in the top flight uh, than outside the top flight in their history, Bolton has. Um, so Bari is on the brink. They've had um, a collapse in their finances. They've had uh, a collapse with their ownership. They they got promoted from League Two to League One last season. Uh, and at the time, I was told by someone close to the club they were going to get the, they were going to get dock points, uh, and that there was a concern that they might get dock points. Um, at the end of last season and not be promoted. Well, what happened is they got dock points to start this season and weren't able to fulfill their commitments. They've had five fixtures at Camp's point, mm. um, and they're on the brink. Next week, the football league is going to make a decision about expelling them. And, and I want to mention to the listeners who may not know this, Bury is a historic club. Uh, they won the FA Cup before any other club in the Manchester area won the FA Cup before City or one year, or before United. Um, they won it a couple of years before City won it for the first time. Then United uh, won it later. Um, they've had a, a tumultuous decade. I think one of the things that really impacted them negatively uh, was FC United of Manchester. As much as I relate to and, and support the mission of FC United uh, of Manchester, they played in their ground and they were getting 7,000, 8,000 uh, fans for a match. Uh, when you're talking about seventh or eighth division or ninth division football, very localized uh, uh, football in, in the Lancashire leagues, basically whereas Burr football league, they've been bouncing back and forth between league one, and league two, much higher level um, and their fan base eroded. You've also had uh, a lot of financial difficulties for clubs in Greater Manchester. Uh, Oldham has had some problems, and we saw what happened with Paul Scholes last season when yeah. um, that's the boyhood club he supported. He went and took the job, first managerial job, and they, didn't, they weren't able to meet any of their financial obligations and promises to him. Uh, Rock, Rochdale's had a few problems in the past. Uh, Bolton, I mentioned, this Bolton has been having this problem since uh, they were relegated from the Premier League, and in fact, it started before they were relegated from the Premier League. They overspent on players for a number of years. I think our listeners all remember when Bolton was competing in Europe under Sam Allardyce, uh, qualified for the uh, UEFA Cup several times. Uh, and Wigan, uh, if not for the stewardship of Dave Whelan, would, would be a, a, a nothing club. Uh, so I think, Nick, oh, and Stockport County. How could I forget Stockport County, a, a club that that um, I will admit at one time I, I supported and and – uh, lost interest because they had so many financial difficulties and, and were relegated three times in four seasons um, that I lost interest. I think it is incumbent on Manchester United and Manchester City, the two big clubs in the area. And in fact, um, so many of um, Manchester City's traditional supporters have overlapped with Stockport County supporters. I've, I've mentioned that uh, previously, not, not on this show, but in other places, that there's almost a, a, a relationship, a kinship between uh, City and Stockport. And 20 years ago, Stockport was in the biggest Manchester City. Now there are six divisions below, or you know, like 150 places in the table below them. I think it's important that Manchester United and Manchester City do something good for the community and help out Bury help out Stockport, help out Bolton, 
and the other clubs in the area. Very more importantly right now. Uh, yeah, but well, uh, it would change the image of the Premier League, yeah, too. I, I had yeah. said this. Oh, oh, sorry, Dick. One no. last thing. When Tranmere was having trouble a few seasons ago, I had said this, that Everton and Liverpool should help out Tranmere. They didn't, but Tranmere survived, and, and, yeah. and they're doing well now. You know, you brought up a couple. I mean, there was a lot to, there's a lot to digest in, 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 in what you said, but, uh, you know, you talk about the FC United and Manchester. I mean, really, that was a club that was created by people that were just, it was a knee-jerk reaction to the Glazers' takeover of Manchester yeah. United and taking yeah. the club uh, private. Uh, and, and that to me was a club that was set up for all the wrong reasons. And I, I felt that those people that were putting their support behind FC United and Manchester were making a mistake when they should have put their support around other lower league clubs that were locally owned and operated uh, that maybe didn't have the sort of Glazers uh, leverage takeover uh, approach to team ownership. And I, and I just felt that that was the wrong uh, that was the wrong approach that you should support other local clubs in your area. Um, and, and part of it is it's such a different, you know, we say it's so different than what you get here in the United States, but you know, it's really not all that different in many respects. Lower division clubs here struggle and you know, it would be a joke. Look, jokingly, Kartik, you and I could say, ha ha ha, Man United and Man City should get together and help Barry FC. And you know, there's a chance they would do that, but, but there's no way in hell you'd ever have an MLS club wanting to reach down and take care of a USL club that was in trouble. I mean, look at the no, Rochester no. Rhinos. I mean, they, they, they were what? They were champions, and they've been uh, champions a few years ago, and they've been in danger of uh, shutting shop now for, what, three years in a row? Yeah, and, and they won the U.S. Open Cup. They were consistently a club, and they made the semifinals of the Open Cup not that long ago. Right. They're a club that consistently could compete with MLS clubs, and uh, no one has cared about them. Charleston Battery, what – the Atlanta uh, United did to Charleston Battery this season in the U.S. Open Cup. Charleston, who's made an Open Cup final, who's been one of the signature clubs uh, outside uh, MLS, who built the first soccer-specific stadium in this yeah. country. It wasn't Columbus. It was Charleston by a couple months. Um, the way they were treated shabbily, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up. No, no, uh, tell, Atlanta everyone. United, to tell everyone. Uh, Atlanta United and MLS. So they had a, an Open Cup match scheduled between Atlanta and Charleston. Um, the Atlanta players complained that the pitch was unplayable. There had been rains. There had been uh, – it's a grass pitch, by the way. Uh, everything was unplayable. They complained. They got the match moved to Atlanta, and Charleston, and Charleston still took them to extra time uh, two nights later. But it was a uh, – you had this great financial windfall potentially coming for the battery who have been uh, struggling the last few seasons um, – largely because of the byproduct of, of, the, of, of how USL has evolved in, in concert with, with MLS. Um, and they got screwed, and there was no respect shown for them to them by uh, Atlanta United, by Major League Soccer, and I think most importantly to me, the MLS fans, the Atlanta United fans, who many of whom behaved in 2019 as if the sport of soccer is three years old when they got an MLS team for the first well, time in 20 Yeah, interestingly enough, I, I mean, it's just a horrible attitude. Yeah, so when you Charles hear that... Been playing since early 1990s and, and excelling, right. as I said, built a soccer-specific stadium 18 years before Atlanta United existed. So if you listen to the brouhaha in the UK about Berry. The responses are things like, well, you know, the FA should step in, the Football League should step in, and, and they will, and, and they have in the past. I mean, the Football League have stepped into this situation before and restructured debt for other clubs that have been in trouble. But I'm just trying to think here in the United States, which entity would you turn to? If you are the Rochester Rhinos and you turn to help, are you going to turn to USL? They're not going to help you. 
No, they're not going to help you. They're not going to help. As long as you pay your franchise. You know, if you can't pay Papadakis his franchise fee, he'll throw you out. They're not going to help you. They're not going to put together a rescue plan for you. U.S. soccer doesn't give a rat's ass. The only people they care about are Major League Soccer. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say uh, Papadakis will be looking to uh, see you go out of business so he can resell the franchise rights for that market exactly. to another investor. That's, that's the way uh, it's done in this country. And U.S. soccer is complicit in all this by their inaction and by their, their, their consistently tipping the scales in favor of Major League Soccer. Yeah, so at least they're having that conversation about Burry. As horrible as it is, there is the conversation. Like I said, I was on talk support last week to talk about it for 15 minutes. Um, in the U.S., we can't even have these conversations. Yeah, I don't think, think about that. I don't think U.S. soccer thinks it's their charter or it's any of their business. It's just free of the free market. That's how it works. All right, Fist, uh, listen to Fist Tree Soccer, Nick and Kartik with you here. Um, we're supposed to be talking about the Premier League games this weekend. We, we've not done that. We got sidetracked beautifully with a great topic, I might add. When we come back, we'll talk Premier League. Back with Nick and Kartik here on Fist Free Soccer. Well, uh, let's get into the Premier League. We've been uh, threatening to do this and keep getting sidetracked. But, of course, a uh, pretty big slate of games this weekend. Some uh, pretty good-looking games. I think if you want to make a bet or two, there's really not incredible value out there. I do have an upset pick on the weekend. I'm going to give that to you in a little bit. Uh, but why don't we start, shall we, with Saturday. It's Arsenal against Burnley. Um uh, I, I, this is at the uh, this is at the Emirates. Uh, you know, uh, they, they both had good wins opening the weekend, uh, opening opening weekend. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I, I can't see. But I mean, it's just this is a mismatch for me. Yeah, uh, it it's still a mystery as to what Unai Emery is going to do in terms of integrating Nicolas Pepe. Whether he's going to start tomorrow. Uh, whether you're going to see Kieran Tierney start, yeah. um, the left back they bought from Celtic. Uh, he, w- what ended up happening in the last match is that uh, Emery played a lot of their former academy players, uh, Maitland Niles, uh, uh, Reese Nelson, and, and one other, the, the, the central attacking midfielder. I can't remember his name. Uh, it's escaping me. But th- three former academy players, and they ended up winning at St. James Park. So now there's some thought that he might move uh, – bet in the uh, the transfers a little more slowly than than thought because uh, the kids did okay last week for Arsenal. So whichever whichever route uh, Emery chooses, I think they'll win this match. If he starts the uh, the, the the likes of, of Nelson and Maitland Niles, and it's not going well, he he's got plenty of uh, uh, reinforcements on on the bench to throw on. Uh, if he starts those guys, uh, Nicholas Pepe, uh, Kieran Tierney, etc., I think they're going to want to prove a point. So I like Arsenal. Yeah, I like Arsenal, and it's taking a look at the odds right now. Arsenal uh, minus three hundred, Burnley uh, plus six fifty, the draws plus three fifty. Uh, it's you know, I think the odds makers have this one pretty much right. So uh, let's move on to the next one. This actually involves a team I've been going to be very interested in watching the rest of the season. Look, I thought Villa were really good last week for a good portion of that game against Spurs. I mean, at the end of the day, they just kind of collapsed. And the and guys like Harry Kane got to do what you know guys like Harry Kane do, um, but Villa didn't look half bad even though they lost, and I think this match against Bournemouth is going to be a much better indicator of, of of where Villa are this season 
in the Premier League and their chances of staying up. Um, I actually really like their chances in this match. And I, I, I for me, um, I mean, Bournemouth aren't, aren't, aren't a bad team, Kartik, but, you know, this is at home, right? This is at Villa Park. This is in Birmingham. Uh, you know, I just, for me, I, I think this is a 2-1 victory. Yeah, uh, Bournemouth aren't a bad team, but they played very poorly last week at home. Uh, they against certainly Sheffield did. United. I, yeah, I, Ryan Fraser, who's one of my favorite players in the Premier League, had maybe the least influential match I've seen him have. Uh, Callum Wilson wasn't very good. Joshua King wasn't very good. Uh, Billing, was the, 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 the new signing from Huddersfield, did have a good match. Uh, I would expect Bournemouth to play better than that. Uh, that having been said, Villa, they had the highest net spend in the league. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, in the transfer window. I, I like what we saw from Wesley, even though we only got a few touches uh, because he was isolated against uh, Spurs, but that's that 30 million uh, pound signing or 30 million euro signing uh, from, from Belgium. Uh, he, he's a very, very adept kind of target, uh, number nine. And then uh, their midfield held up well, McGinn, Horahan, and Grealish top uh, three-man midfield in the championship last season, or at least second half of the championship season, uh, looked like a Premier League midfield for most of that match against Spurs. Yeah. Uh, it's still got Douglas Luiz that they're going to want to uh, uh, get uh, involved, and they've got a number of other signings they're going to want to get involved. I'm going to say draw here, even though I'm inclined to maybe lean towards Villa, but I just don't think Bournemouth can be as bad as they were last week. Really? Again. At Villa Park, you think a draw? Yeah, I mean, I, I like this Bournemouth side a lot. Um, I and again, I don't think that they'll I don't play really. as poorly last week. I thought they were horrible last week, and they, they were playing Sheffield yeah, were United. Awful. I mean, you know, it's not like they were playing a top six team. Right. My my thinking is Eddie Howe is going to get through to them, but they need to improve their performance, so they'll get a draw. How's if they he, play like they do did that? last week, uh, Osmosis going to win this. They're going to put self improvement books under their pillows at night. I mean, you know, is Osmosis is that is that the tactic? Well, it always works for Eddie Howe. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he's he's the uh, – I don't want to say he's the best manager. I mean, he's not Klopp or Guardiola or Pochettino, but you could argue he's the fourth best manager in the Premier League. I mean, he, he they're constantly punching above their weight, uh, going back to their time in the lower division. So uh, I think he'll get a response, But I, I, so I'm going draw. Well, and oddsmakers like the draw, by the way. They are plus 160 for Aston Villa and plus 150 for Bournemouth. So the oddsmakers are really split on who's going to win this one. The draw is plus 225, which, uh, given a draw, is uh, not particularly wickedly hot odds. Brighton and gets West Ham. Uh, this should be a fairly interesting match, actually, because West Ham obviously got tonked by you lot last, uh, last week uh, to the tune of, what, 5-0. Uh, but I think that was... Uh, uh, look, anytime you're playing the to one of the top two teams in the league, life is going to be difficult for you, uh, no matter who you are. Uh, but this match, to me, uh, could be kind of a fun one because we know West Ham United are fully capable of playing some uh, some really nifty football, and of course, uh, Brighton are currently in the uh, in the top four after um, you know after their their uh, surprise three nil thrashing uh, of Watford. So. Uh, it's going to be an interesting match because uh, it's at home, but West Ham have to rebound here, and you know they can, and they got a great they got a great manager in Pellegrini. So unless he's going to, maybe he's not, maybe he's just going to dress and take the field himself and play. Uh, these are two. This will be a fun match because these yeah, are well. two really progressive managers. Uh, with Graham Potter going to Brighton, the shock of of, of Week One in the Premier League was uh, they went to Vicarage Road and won three nil. I don't know if that's going to be an outlier, and we're going to look back at that in January, December, January, say, how did that happen? Because 
Watford's a team that right. a lot of people thought could push for a European spot. Uh, but if if that's any indicator, uh, Brighton are going to be better this season. We know they're going to be playing more open, attractive football with Potter than they did under Chris Hutton. But sometimes you need that pragmatism and that defensive mindset that Hutton brought them. Uh, I like West Ham to bounce back and and nick this one maybe two to one. Although I have to throw out a stat that West Ham has not gotten a point in August since 2016. So their last two Augusts, they have lost every match. Uh, once under Village, once under Pellegrini. Now, last season, they recovered marvelously. I think they lost their first six or seven matches under Pellegrini. And then uh, by uh, by the middle of March, we're pushing, you know, potentially pushing for a European spot. They didn't quite make it, but they recovered quickly. Uh, maybe it'll be the same thing this season and they'll start slowly, but I think I think they'll get the job done tomorrow. Yep, should be a good match. Uh, let's take a quick look at the odds here on this one. Uh, West Ham a plus 150, uh, Brighton plus 160. Uh, almost identical to the Villa Bournemouth. Uh, and the draw plus 225 again on this one. Uh, really, uh, interestingly enough, this is uh, odds maker's choice. Uh, Everton-Watford uh, at Goodison. Edison, uh, uh, Everton clear favorites here, minus 150. Uh, Watford uh, plus 350. This is an important match for Watford. And of course, they're going to a tough place to play, but they've got to bounce back from that opening day defeat. They, they don't want to find themselves, you know, 0 for 2 starting the season. And Marco Silva on the Everton touchline knows how uh, impatient Watford's ownership, the Pozo family, are uh, with their managers. Javi Gracia has had a, a longer rope, it seems, than any recent Watford manager. Uh, they, they, this is the first time that they've uh, started the season with the same manager two straight years since uh, right. I think the late yeah. uh, late uh, about a decade really. I mean they they they've changed, they they turned over managers really quickly. But Gracia could be on the brink if they lose this. I think they'll be motivated to take on Marco Silva. But Everton made so many good signings, so many big signings. Hoping we see Alex Awobi tomorrow. I'm hoping we see Moiskeen tomorrow uh, among others. Um, and they have. Uh, if you look on paper, Everton has a team that in theory could compete, not only compete for the top seven for Europe, but in theory could push for the top four. Uh, I think they get the job done tomorrow after a very disappointing uh, match at, uh, at Selhurst to start the season. I like Everton to win this three to one, let's say. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, another massive match uh, with teams. You know, it's funny. Uh, we talk about it, but it, the Premier League, there's just no room for error. It's so tight. It's uh, every game is meaningful, thanks to promotion relegation. Uh, but you know, we're now in a situation where, for example, tomorrow we have Norwich playing Newcastle United, and um, you know, Newcastle lost their opening match um, to Arsenal one nil, and Norwich, of course, uh, lost their opening match to Liverpool four one. This is uh, this is two teams. I mean, Norwich expect great things. They were champions of the championship last year, and they haven't really made all that many changes. They're a very attacking team. They open up. They can score goals. They do tend to leak them a little bit. And Newcastle United, under all sorts of pressure, I mean, a lot of people think they're going to be relegated. This is one of the more interesting matchups of the day. Oh, yeah. It may, it may be the most interesting one. Uh, 
uh, alongside that Villa Bournemouth game we talked about. Yeah. I like Norwich to win. I think uh, you saw them create their chance creation rate last year in the championship was uh, as good as we've seen in that division in years. Uh, and and then uh, opening night at Anfield, uh, they created chances. Obviously, they were on the back foot for most of the match, but uh, uh, Timu Puki, among others, very, very accomplished player. He was the leading scorer in the championship last year. Uh, Newcastle is uh, it's a train wreck. I don't blame Steve Bruce for this. Obviously, Mike Ashley is the problem and uh, the lack of uh, ambition. And uh, Mike Ashley would be a perfect MLS owner. I've said that. Yes, he would. (laughs) And maybe he could buy Colorado Rapids. He'd fit right in. Yeah, he'd fit right in in in, in the American mindset, in the American soccer mindset. In fact, uh, he should come over here. I like Norwich to win this match. I'm going to say two to nil. Well, the bookmakers don't. It's plus 200 for Norwich. It's plus 125 for Newcastle United. The draw is Mm. plus 220. yeah, I like Norwich too. I think Newcastle gonna get gonna get blindsided by that Norwich attack. That's gonna be interesting to see. All right, we're gonna step aside, take a break. We'll be right back with the rest of the matches in the Premier League and also our final thoughts. But we do have a lot, lot still to get to and plenty of time to do it. So uh, please stay with us here for Street Soccer. We're with you Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Sports Byline and Sirius XM 211. We'll be right back after this. Kartik, big weekend of football. It's so great to have the Premier League back. The greatest show on earth is in for its second week. I can't wait. It's so exciting. You know, I look forward to the weekends now with a whole new outlook, of course. Uh, It is wonderful. But then midday comes and all the matches are over and have to get back to reality. But having said that, we've dealt with a lot of them. Uh, Last one we dealt with was Norwich, uh, Newcastle. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Southampton, Liverpool, because... You know, on paper, this should be a very easy match for Liverpool, despite the fact that they're having to draft in a goalkeeper from their under-13 squad because apparently all their goalkeepers keep getting um, injured. Latest, of course, is Adrian was injured because a fan leapt the fence at the end of the Super Cup goal and and by accident ran into two players and inadvertently kicked the Liverpool goalkeeper in the ankle and did him some damage. I mean, it's a crazy injury, uh, but once again, uh, Liverpool forced to uh, go down the pecking order even more for their shot stoppers at a time when, uh, you know, the greatest uh, defensive team of the season last season... You know, they've been leaking a few goals here and there. They've been winning. It's it's not that's nothing major. It's not a it's you know, it's it's not a huge uh issue. Uh but it's certainly not the same uh, uh solid wall of Dutchmen that it was last year. Yeah, um if uh if Adrian can't go, it'll be Andy Lonergan, who's a keeper I've watched a lot of through the years. Uh, an accomplished keeper from where I sit in the lower divisions. Very good with Preston North End. Uh, played for Mark Simpson, former Manchester City goalkeeper, who was the manager at Preston. Uh, played for Leeds, a year that Leeds pushed for promotion under Simon Grayson. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, played uh, a number of games for Wolves uh, a few years ago in, in, when they were still in, in the championship under Kenny Jackett. So he's been around. He's a keeper I've watched a lot of. I've never seen him play in the Premier League, though. 
Um, I'm not even sure if he has been in the Premier League. So uh, you go from Adrian, who, yeah, he wasn't Liverpool's first choice, but he's played a lot of Premier League games for West Ham, right? An awful lot. Yep. Was their starter for several years uh, running until they brought Fabianski in last season. Uh, to Lonergan, that's a, that's a drop-off. Um, my understanding from reading what we've read is that Klopp is going to make every effort to get Adrian ready. Um, it's a freak injury, right? The guy kicked him. Um, and then he has a four-hour plane flight back uh, because, again, you know, the Premier League doesn't do anything to help out uh, its teams in scheduling and, and rescheduling matches the way the Dutch League would for Ajax or PSV, the way we've seen right. Liga uh, rearrange so fixtures yeah. for Monaco or PSG in Europe. Um, it, so this is really a, a, a bad weekend for both Wolves uh, and uh, Wolves playing on Monday and then having to, to go to Torino to Turin on uh, Thursday and for Liverpool. Um, I, I think the plane flight might have aggravated Adrian's injury. You know, if it were a normal trip where he'd get on a bus, maybe he could play. Um, that having been said, I think they're going to make every effort to, to get him out there. And, and I think Liverpool will win. Yeah, I think Liverpool will win too. Um, even if it is at uh, St. Mary's. But uh, yeah, I think Liverpool will win and the odds makers agree. And let's move on to the next match. Uh, this is an interesting one and a huge, huge match. Man City Spurs at the Etihad. Kartik, um, your boys hit the ground like they'd been running, like last season was just yesterday. The chemistry, despite having new players in the squad, was there. The system is obviously firmly entrenched in this club. The belief, Raheem Sterling, is just looking superlative. I, I, I can't, there aren't enough complimentary phrases I can come up for that young man. Um, Spurs, on the other hand, sputtered a little bit, I thought, last week. Uh, despite, obviously, getting the win, uh, I thought Spurs, um, you know, I, I thought there were periods of time where Aston Villa were the better team, and it took sort of sort of moment of cane magic, really, to sort of refocus Spurs and get them the points. But there was a period there where I actually thought Spurs were going to drop points on their opening game. I don't think they're a match at this point for City, particularly at home, particularly with City running rampant like they like like they've done. I have to like City with a big goal differential and going with the over on this one. Lacelso though may make his Spurs debut. Uh, Ndombele was fan fantastic last week. Yeah, um, he was. There is. Yeah. There is some genuine dislike between these two managers. It's, um, it's you know, in today's Premier it? League, you hear that there isn't the kind of Mourinho versus Wenger, Wenger versus Ferguson thing. Yeah. Uh, Guardiola and Klopp have incredible respect for one another, and that was forged when they were leading the top two clubs in Germany, and now they're leading the top There's two clubs in England. There's a genuine like between those two men, yeah. and, and a genuine but, respect, not just between the managers, but to, between the clubs as well. It's a heated rivalry. But it's not quite the same edge to it as there is between Spurs and Pochettino and Guardiola. Yeah. So this goes back to when um, uh, Pochettino played for Espanyol and uh, and Guardiola played for Barcelona. And they were at rival clubs in Barcelona. Then they both became the managers of those clubs. Uh, and, and there's... Uh, a certain degree of condescension sometimes when you hear the public comments. And I've read an article today in The Guardian where, uh, again, they're, they're kind of going at it, the two of them. Uh, in fact, there was uh, a comment by Guardiola a couple seasons ago that, well, you know, Spurs aren't really good. They have Harry Kane. And other than that, they're 
You know, he didn't say it directly like that, but he's like, that, yeah. that's Harry Kane's team. It's not Pochettino. He's not doing any anything for them. So I, I think City and, and tend the way, to be Kartik, more motivated against Spurs. Go ahead. Well, we forget, you know, Spurs didn't exactly end last season on an up note. I mean, you know, yeah, they went to the Champions League no. final, but but I mean that 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 which they lost, obviously. But I mean their Premier League, uh, their Premier League exit, uh, the the last ten games of the season were appalling for Tottenham. Yeah, and even against Ajax, it was a miracle they went through, right? But they were they were second best that entire both legs. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> right? And then they lost to Bournemouth uh, down the stretch in the Premier League. They lost to. Uh, uh, Watford, I think. I mean, they had they had a uh, Wolves. They had a number of strange losses, um, not just dropping points, but losing games. And as I said, you know, the Ajax tie. Ajax were the better team. Uh, it's just Spurs took their chances. Ajax created uh, a million chances that they didn't finish in in those over those two legs. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Spurs now also retooling. We don't know about Ericsson. I think this is just the wrong time for them to come up against City. Um, I think they get beat. Yeah, I, I, I do too, Kartik. And the uh, the total goals on this one are three. I'm actually going to go with the over, although, again, not on not enormous value on the over. It's uh, over three is minus 109, and un- under is uh, minus 106. So uh, the bookies are favoring uh, fewer goals than three. But I actually like, th- uh, I think, I- I'm going to say 3-1. I'm going to say City going to win this game 3-1. And I would not be shocked if Raheem Sterling managed to pocket another hat trick. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm getting to the point in my life where I don't think there's anything on the football pitch up top that that kid can't do. Uh, he is uh, something truly special. And uh, uh, if you're a fan, well, of let me England, ask you a question, Nick. Happy. Why is it that uh, so many pundits don't talk about him the way they talk about other players and the way we talk about him? Because it, it seems like I agree with you. There's very little Sterling can't do. Uh, and he is so influential off the ball also, not just for City, but for England. This is why he's undroppable. Because he's England. a black street kid from, uh, you know, with the Caribbean roots uh, from London. Yeah. I mean, from uh, he's from London, I think. And, yeah, he's uh, from London. He's from yeah, London. And, and, you know, he's not the poster child of, of what you'd want. But, you know, it such, does such, a, such an incredible disservice to this young man who has matured and grown and become really a, a, quite an incredible individual. And you're right. I, I don't know why pundits don't really give him the credit that's due. I mean, we are watching an incredible phenomenon uh, with Raheem Sterling. I enjoy watching him. I obviously don't want you boys to keep winning, uh, but you know, can't help but smile when Raheem does the business uh, that he does so well. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, it can be a, bit, a, bit, a city win tomorrow, and the race will continue with both City and Liverpool uh, winning their games. Uh, let's move along to the next one. By the way, we, we should spend more time when we're not doing our preview show talking about some of the issues around Raheem Sterling and maybe uh, get some guests on to talk about it as well because yeah. it is a it is a big issue. And we can talk about the issue going on with Chelsea. They had a fan of their own posting racist remarks, Frank Lampard going absolutely apoplectic about it. Uh, I mean, it's alive and well. And it just it may not be quite as... Uh, as quite as overt as it is in the Eastern European leagues, but there's always a bunch of idiots uh, that seem to follow the game that uh, don't. And unfortunately, Nick, <laughs> yeah. Chelsea fans tend to be in the middle of it a lot. We saw that last year with yeah. Sterling. Yeah, uh, that it was at Stamford Bridge he got racially abused, and yeah, uh, and uh, you there know, have been problems when Chelsea's traveled to the continent for European matches. Agree, with, with agree. 
Let's uh, let's move on though. So we we will talk about that, but we won't talk about it today because we have uh, some matches to get to. Uh, let's talk about Sunday, shall we? Because uh, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace. Uh, this is a another interesting match. Obviously, Sheffield United yeah. promoted team. Uh, they got what the draw last. Uh, did, uh, they lost. Uh, they lost. Yeah, no, they drew. That's no, they drew Brighton. Right, they drew Brighton. Result. Of course, and Crystal Palace uh, drew Everton. So two teams of draws sitting in the middle of the table. Um, you know, Crystal Palace have this Zaha issue, and you know, is he going to play or is he not going to play? Is he going to give it everything or is he going to uh, cruise control through life? I, I don't know. He did, wanted the move, didn't get it. Um, I, I, I think for me, uh, this is another draw. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to pick Sheffield United to win this match. <laughs> Zaha issue with Palace. Uh, they, there's something very wrong at that club. Uh, and they have not been able to bring in the type of players. If they're going to keep Zaha and not sell him, uh, they haven't brought in the kind of complementary players that that they would need. I can't believe they're back to Benteke up top. Uh, it's crazy, right? I think uh, Sheffield United at uh, this is this is at home. Uh, I think the Blades win. All right, let's move on because uh, I have some interesting. I mean, there are some matches that really stuck out to me. Chelsea Leicester is one, and of course. On the Monday match, we're going to talk about the last two. We've got about three minutes left. Uh, Wolves, Man United. Uh, I am going to go out on a limb here, though, and say for Chelsea, Leicester City, look, um, you know, Willian's back. I want to say Rudiger's back, right? And, and I know N'Golo Kante's kind of waiting in the wings. Chelsea, I thought, played really well uh, in the Super Cup in the midweek. Uh, you know, Leicester City, I- I'm beginning to think they're just a Jamie Vardy show at this point. Get a little concerned about Leicester. I like them, don't get me wrong, but I still like Chelsea at minus one thirty-five uh, and the under. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Chelsea certainly haven't shown the ability to put through a whole boatload of goals. Uh, this is going to be a one-nil or a two-one, but I think Chelsea is going to edge this at Stamford Bridge. Uh, yeah, I think they will also. Rudiger will not be back yet. He's back in training, but okay. uh, they need him back in the worst way. He won't be back for this match. Leicester is a really young team, Nick. I think uh, particularly matches like this away from home, you just don't know what you're going to get. Right. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, who uh, developed a lot of the top youth academy prospects when he was at Chelsea before he took the manager's job at Swansea, uh, is a great coach with young players. This Leicester team is going to get there under Brendan Rodgers. It's just not now. I agree with you. I'm going to go 2-1, Chelsea. All right, last match uh, at Molyneux, Wolves versus Man United, and I'm going to go on a complete outlier here. I know people are going to laugh at me. I've done this before. Look, I think Man United are looking good, and I think they are going to be real contenders for a top-four spot this year. Uh, Paul Pogma has a lot to prove and knows it and is going to do that, and he's a quality player. Their signings, like Harry Maguire, have been fantastic. Juan Bissaka, great signing. However, Wolverhampton Wanderers have Man United's number. Wolverhampton Wanderers play extremely well against top four teams. This is yeah, at Molyneux. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say a draw on this one, 1-1 one, one, plus 227. I'm actually going to say a Wolves win 2-1. Uh, uh, they took uh, umpty number of points off the top four sides last yeah, season and, and in cup matches. Only caveat is Wolves have that uh, midweek trip to Europe to play a yeah. Turin, uh, in Turin against Torino. Uh, in the Europa League, so I don't know if maybe they they rotate their squad. They're not very deep. They might do that. So that's a caveat. Maybe United wins if that's the case. I don't think so. I, I'm going to take the draw, 1-1. I gave it out this morning on Picks and Parlays, uh, plus 227. This, I think, is your value pick for the weekend. Of course, if Man United tonk them, uh, I'm not at home. Don't bother calling. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nick and Kartik, Mystery Soccer. Hope you've enjoyed our Premier League preview. Uh, We're going to be right back and we'll wrap it all up after these words.
All right, uh, you're back with Fistry Soccer. Nick and Kartik with you. Just a couple of minutes left. Kartik, uh, you know, looking at the slate of matches this weekend, uh, you know, on first blush, other than the big city Tottenham match, you might say, ah, it's a little bit humdrum, but, you know, it's really not. I just want to run down some of the biggies that we have been looking at. Aston Villa, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, fascinating match. Brighton, West Ham, a match where somebody's got to win this damn thing. Uh, Norwich, Newcastle, yep. another one. Everton, Watford. I mean, forget the Southampton-Liverpool match. I mean, Liverpool should win that at a canter. These other matches are between Arsenal and, and, and Liverpool, uh, the Villa, Brighton, Everton, Norwich match, these are ones that you are going to watch, as, you, as well as Chester, uh, Chelsea, Leicester, and, of course, you and I both pick the upset for Wolves, Man United. Final thoughts, Kartik? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting weekend. I'm, I'm re- particularly interested in seeing Norwich and Sheffield United, two newly promoted teams that play very, very open, progressive football, how they do in their first home matches. That's right. First home matches at Carrow Road. Uh, that should be Anna Bramall Lane. <laughs> two very famous uh, grounds, by the yeah. way. Lots of history. Uh, and I, I think, look, for my money, you want to see open football. You want to see a lot of scoring. You want to see a game that's going to be played with a very nasty temper. Watch the Carrow Road match between Norwich and Newcastle because Newcastle have got to win this match. And Norwich are going to be thinking... We can win this match, and that is going to create some serious fireworks uh, worthy of watching. Uh, all right, those are those are all the games. The only one is the Arsenal Burnley game. All right, Kartik, uh, have a great weekend, man. We are going to be back on the air Monday. Uh, let's take a look at who did what to whom, when, how, and why, and we will see how our picks and prognostications did. Right. Yep. Have a great weekend, folks. All right. Uh, we will speak to everybody uh, on Monday, uh, and we'll go from there. Cheers. Have a great weekend. If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. A special news and update station you control. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.